trolling, trolling for ten baggers. Trolling, trolling for ten baggers. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You're here with Joel and Sam. We're here to talk about finding 10 baggers. That's a stock that's gone up 10 times. There isn't much out there about how you find a 10 bagger, so we chat to people who've found them before. In the show, we talk to all sorts of guests about all sorts of different things, but just remember that nothing included is advice. Make sure to speak with a professional advisor about your own circumstances before making any financial or investment decisions. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. Just a note up front, there's a little bit of swearing in this episode, so if you're one of the many people who are no doubt using Trawling for 10 Baggers to help teach and inform your kids on the art of finding 10 Baggers and a bit of speculation, maybe it's something to put off and listen to you by yourself later on. But on with the show. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Today we're joined by Civilian, or Savas, as it's affectionately known as. Civilian is a day trader, a scalper, known for his music, but also for his ability to be open and honest and sharing in his trading journey along the way. We felt like this is a conversation that we've been wanting to have personally for quite some time. Ultimately, trading, speculating, investing, you're up against yourself. You go through ups and downs. You're in conflict. Ultimately, you need to have strategies in place so that you can succeed. Your game needs to be sharp. And this conversation is about that specifically about how you can improve your game and improve your mental health. Savas, thanks for jumping on the show. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I guess first point is talk us through your background, your story, and how you got into, into trading, mate. Um, so my, um, my story kind of starts and ends with Nicholas Fabrio. Um, I, I, I worked with him at the casino back in... Uh, like 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. Um, I was dealing poker there. He was dealing roulette, and we kind of met each other in the in the cafeteria on on a night shift, and um, we we're both kind of zombies from doing 4 a.m. starts and like you know just kind of hating life. So we decided, you know, we'd be friends and kind of hate life together, and um. Yeah, we kind of we kind of hit it off, and we ended up just kind of you know becoming good mates. And uh, many many years later, uh, after many adventures and a whole lot of um, regrets, we um, decided to well, he decided to take up day trading, and and then he decided to kind of introduce it to me. Basically, say, hey, Sav, I've got you know I've got this thing going on. Um, I think you'd be good at it. And the reason he decided to ask me or kind of present it to me is the fact that I was, well, I had a lot of experience with gambling, some of it, a lot of it not so good, but I also had some experience gambling, uh, playing poker semi-professionally. So um, I had a fairly good idea of uh, what risk looked like and, um, and, the, and the concept of kind of going all in with aces and folding weak hands, you know, that, just that very general kind of understanding of when to, when to put risk on and when to manage risk. Um, and he kind of thought that with with that kind of um, you know uh, foundational understanding of risk that I'd be a good candidate to be a match or, or at least a scalper. And um, 
he basically just said, you know, I'll teach you how to do it. And up until then, this is this is uh, late 2018 or mid-2018. Um, so up until then, I actually had zero uh, relationship with any anything to do with the markets. Like I, I didn't know what the ASX was. I, I knew nothing about companies. I knew nothing about trading. I knew nothing about finance. I come from like a arts background and events background. So I'd always been involved in music or music events. So I, I, I never dabbled. I never invested. I, I barely even had any money in my bank account. So yeah, money, finance and, and, and trading were things that I knew nothing about um, until Nick introduced it to me in 2018. And then, um, yeah, three years later, I'm still doing it full time. Yeah, Seth, so you mentioned like you've got in the markets after being referred. What's your sort of style of trading now? Are you doing short-term or long-term? or? So Nick, who introduced me to trading, he's, uh, his primary is around um, scalping, day trading, so intraday trading, uh, primarily scalping. Basically what that means is um, quick movements, quick trades, in and out, based off order flow. And um, generally, we're trading off um, strong catalysts like news catalysts, maybe sector catalysts, but it's it's it tends to be in stuff with high volatility. It tends to be in stuff that's um, you know kind of uh, has has big quick movements, and we're really just trying to take like small segments of those movements based on. So we're reading the order flow. We're getting in. We're getting out. We're taking like you know, 10, 15 ticks. And we're really um, just limiting limiting our downside by getting out at the first sign of danger. Um, so, yeah, we kind of do that. It's like high-frequency trading, a lot of turnover, in and out all day. Um, yeah, no no kind of like average trade time is like, you know, maybe three or four minutes. We're like not holding overnight. Uh, we're, not, we're not speculating on kind of long-term stuff. You know, we're not swing trading. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So yeah, you're not you're not investing. You're not doing like fundamental research and analyzing the company. You're just there, short and sweet. Literally, just order flow in and out. Buy it, buy it at a dollar, sell it at a dollar or five, and then and then get on with get on with my day. And okay. um, you know, we're yeah, we're 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 only trading off of stuff generally in the in the first like 15, 20 minutes when all the volatility is kind of there. Like when you know, kind of the match, the match sequence, and just after then, kind of post-match drives um, is is generally like where we're finding our, our our you know biggest setups. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's probably really different to what a lot of our listeners um, you know approach the markets. But I think many of the things that we'll talk about will be directly relevant. You know, to a lot of the mental strategies and and yeah, things that you've got to have challenges with will definitely apply. And Sav, I suppose it's worth just pointing out that. You know, even though you've you've been quite honest and upfront from the get go about when we talked about doing this recording about you having a very sort of specified niche, you just mentioned a few of the hallmarks about why we wanted to explore this topic, and that is that you know essentially speculating is gambling, and you are battling with 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 your emotions on a daily basis. So, um, I guess just to, to premise this this whole episode and, and what what it's about, it's it's really trying to educate punters, educate speculators about. You know, some of the things that you've observed as, as a newer trader and someone that's coming into the game with, you know, a modest skill set but a gambling background and, and how you're managing it. So um, going back, obviously, you, you were you were a croupier, you were, you know, doing late shifts. What happened next? What, what got you into sort of, you know, having a few punts? Yeah, so, so 
it's actually the whole the whole relationship with gambling and 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 how it kind of relates to trading and day trading and scalping specifically like it's a really interesting kind of winding road that i'm still learning about like um it's a bit of a hit and miss um push and pull kind of relationship that i have with it days some days like it's my greatest asset and other days it's honestly my kind of like uh the biggest thing holding me back um so yeah it's a, it's a it's a tricky one and and something i'm i'm sure we're going to cover throughout the conversation but i guess to to kind of kick start it like i i actually um so in 20 I, i'll take it just because it, it gives like really good context to the whole story like um in 2005 i was like a i was a fanatical golfer and um and i i basically when i was in year 10 i think at the time or 2004 i had i had dreams of kind of playing professional golf maybe maybe not like you know, at the toppest level, but um, at least going and training and becoming like a club pro and just kind of having a life in golf somewhere. Um, I was like really obsessed. I would play before school. I'd get up at like 5.30 in the morning, play like a couple of holes before school. I'd like, you know, kind of in summer, I'd play until the to the sun went down at eight o'clock at night. Um, I was just, you know, completely obsessed. And, and what happened was I got hit in the eye with a golf ball and, um, yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty hectic. Um, yeah, I got hit in the eye with a golf ball, and it was uh, it was a pretty pretty severe injury. I, I had a fractured eye socket, um, and I basically th- there was a. They thought I basically lost my eye, and um, and I got we, we, were, we were living in Coffs Harbour at the time, and the air ambulance had to take me to Sydney to to kind of rush to. Sydney Eye Hospital for emergency surgery or something like that. Um, yeah, so that was pretty hectic. It turned out that I didn't lose my eye. I have some complications with it now. I've lost some of my sight, but I, I got to keep the eye and um, and I didn't die. So those were some pretty good things. Um, and, yeah, what happened was a couple of years later, um, my, my, my parents kind of sued the golf course for negligence. There was a few different things that they'd done that were kind of negligent. And I ended up getting a $90,000 payout. And this is when I was like 19 and I, and I basically hadn't had more than like $500 in my bank account up until this point in time. So I'm 19, just finished school, got $90,000 in my bank account, gave a little bit of money to my mom and dad and then and pop brothers and stuff like that. But essentially I got like, you know, maybe 60, $70,000 in my bank account. And, um, I moved down to Sydney. This is when I start working at the casino, start dealing poker. And I'm basically a 19 year old kid living in the city with, no responsibilities and a whole heap of money. Um, and it basically just was a recipe for disaster. I started like dabbling in pokies after, after I'd finished work, obviously being at the casino and being surrounded by gaming and, and, and working with people who like game all the time. Like everybody who works there gambles, like that's pretty much what everyone does. Like you finish a shift, you go play pokies and um, just being involved in that environment. I kind of got sucked into it and what happened was uh, I developed a really shitty relationship with um, money and gambling, and and I essentially blew that whole sixty thousand. And um, oh, it wasn't probably sixty thousand; it might have been like forty by the time I'd like paid rent and stuff like that. But I basically blew through forty thousand dollars, and um, that kind of started like a five year cycle of of me kind of like um, essentially just every single time I got money. 
Um, I would gamble it basically for, for a solid like five or six years. Um, and it was a bit of a roller coaster, my mid, like my early to mid twenties. Um, and then around, you know, kind of like around 26, 27, I started to like, just, I decided that I needed to kind of like get out of that cycle. So I started to like, look for, you know, some more mature decisions and, and, and some more responsible decisions to kind of like start coming back into the real world and start trying to live life again. And, um, essentially that's kind of when I started to look towards Nick and this opportunity and, and, and trading, obviously there's some time in between where I started to clean up my act a little bit, but, um, yeah, I kind of just went straight into trading from there. So that's, you know, it's a bit of a detailed view of my gambling background and yeah. Just to come back again, I think what I like about that is you, you your honesty, you know, you just said you're the product of an environment, people gamble. Um, so yeah, so you've you you cleaned up your act, you've you've got into taking this opportunity without delving into it too much and getting involved in the nitty-gritty. How did you find that transition to you know to trying to trade on a daily basis? Uh in the beginning it was fine because I was like I didn't have too many responsibilities. Um I was still kind of like learning the ropes. Um it didn't really affect me too much, I think, because I still didn't really know. Um, I, I think I was too like bright eyed about like the, the possibilities of trading and, and, and learning that skill set. Um, so it didn't really play too much of a role in the beginning. After a few months, once I started to get the hang of it and, and started to like really dip my toes in, um, it would pop its head up from time to time, like this, this, this kind of like um, gambling mentality. And, and the thing is like, it's, it's, it's very much a double edged sword because um the, and the reason that Nick kind of felt like I could be a good trader was because of my ability to understand when to put risk on. But the ability to know when to put risk on, the other side of that sword is the ability to know when not to put risk on. And so if if I if I find myself being presented with an opportunity that like, you know, five other guys get presented to, I am most likely because of my background like if it's an A plus setup, for example, I'm most likely out of those five guys to know when to put the risk on, right? So it works in my favor sometimes. The other side to that coin, obviously, is sometimes when I'm like a little bit rattled or like I've had a shitty morning, I I, I struggle to know when to actually pull it back. Um, so that it, it's like it's like Jekyll and Hyde, right? And and. Yeah, two sides of the same coin that I'm still really trying to um, learn to live with. And like when I'm trading well, when the market's there, when there's um when there's liquidity and the, there's volatility and, and there's options galore, like I, I, I find it easy to kind of put it at bay and kind of like trade what's in front of me. But when the market's slower and, you know, things have dried up and opportunities aren't um, as ripe, I that's when it kind of rears its head and I, and I kind of get a little bit too hands-on when I should be observing and being disciplined kind of thing it, it sounds like to have you um you said you were really passionate about the golf when you're into it really hardcore and then the gambling you went all in and then is that the case you think that with the trading too you're just going all in and wanting to be doing it regardless of whether you should people have like yeah like a lot of people in my life have said stuff like that to me like you know you're a bit you get a bit obsessive and you get a bit like too yeah too all in with stuff you know like um too all in, too like you know, kind of not knowing 
how to like piece in the stuff, not knowing how to like, you know, just ease in the stuff like sample or, or, you know, build into a growing confidence, growing confidence, and then kind of like get to a certain place, right? Rather than like, you know, getting a taste, thinking it's all good and then, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, kind of like. I think that's a dissimilar thing to most people. You know, so many people just get an idea and just whether it's all in or they just want the end before they've gone through the journey, whether that's trading or yeah. investment or, you know, oh, I don't want to wait. I just want to go straight for it. And then that. Yeah, the, the idea of, yeah, the idea of running before you walk. Yep. And walking before you crawl, like it's, it's a, it's an affliction that I feel like, you know, a lot of us kind of deal with, like we get a taste of something, we get excited and we want to start fucking running. We want to Usain Bolt all over that thing. And, and, um, you know, we haven't even really learned how to walk yet. And yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely get that. And, and I definitely, it's, it's definitely, a, um, a, a relationship that I'm, I'm still striving for. And I think this is like, you know, the, the overarching, idea and principle of kind of like why I feel like I wanted to talk about this on this show is is the fact that like trading really challenges us with all of this stuff all of the time like it doesn't stop um there is there is never one single day that goes by where all of these things that are innately human um you know the idea of walking before you run and the idea of um you know managing your emotions and all of these ideas I'm being tested with on a daily basis like i'm going to war with myself every single day with this stuff and um it's why i love trading we're starting to scratch the surface now which is really good and and i think from memory um listening to one of your um your trading diaries which is pinned on your twitter profile which is absolutely a good listen um you, you talked about some of the strategies that you had, like you had a good day, you would stop trading or you would, you know, can you walk us through some of the strategies and, you know, um, without getting tied up on the nuts and bolts of, 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 of the trading, I guess. So strategies in terms of like how I trade or, or stuff that I use to manage my kind of mental game. Yeah. I think the managing the mental game, because I think, I think that's what everyone, even if you're day trading, you're speculating or investing in because, you know, essentially you're battling your own emotions. You see something going up, you see something going down and that elicits a emotional response. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay, so I think today's like a pretty good example um, and, you know, something I can talk about. So this morning I I, I short Novonics in the match and it was a very, um, how can you say it, loose trading idea. Uh, it ended up costing me roughly six grand pretty quickly and um it really uh tapped me out mentally meant my mental capital shot pretty quickly basically inside of 15 minutes which is generally when i make all my money so um yeah it was it was it was kind of challenging but what what was kind of it kind of messed me up a little bit because um we bit had that um had that news announcement and then there was a pretty decent opportunity to short we bit and in fact like if I was like more switched on, I the short the wee bit short would have almost covered the the, the Novonics uh, mess up if I was smart enough. But anyway, I messed it up. So I decided at eleven oh six, like um, I needed to pull the pin. So I just got up, uh, took my dog to the park, uh, ran around with her, kicked the ball with her, got some sun, and then went for a bit of a jog, got a barn me, and then just. I basically sat at a park and contemplated life and, and whether or not I'm actually meant to be a trader. And then, um, and then after I self-soothed, 
I um I returned back to the market at like two thirty, and then I watched um this thing called K and I. Uh, I can't remember. That's a ticker. I can't remember the name. Uh, it's been going crazy in the last couple of weeks. Anyway, I traded it into the close and um, traded it fairly well into the close and kind of like almost, you know, kind of halved my my loss for the day. So, um, yeah, the, the kind of the takeaways there and, and something that I tend to do pretty frequently is, one, get away from the screen. Like if, if, if I feel like um, if I feel like I'm getting a little bit too obsessed because that's that's definitely something I can do. I can overtrade stuff, re- revenge trade, get too big in stuff. Um, yeah, chase stuff, FOMO, all those all those things that kind of start creeping in. If I've had like a bad start to the day, or if I'm you know just a little bit on edge, um, one of the things, what the first thing is, get away from the screen, and then the second thing is like redirect my energy. Just just for the doesn't have to be long. It just needs to be long enough to like break that, like to be a circuit breaker, just to like let my brain settle because like when I'm in that, you know, state, when I'm just like this, like disarray in a state of disarray, because I've just like toasted myself taking this really horrible trade idea. It's really hard to then start to think clearly, i.e. with the wee bit short, like I, I wasn't thinking clearly, so I didn't trade it well, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But if I came into that with a fresh mind, that wee bit trade would, w- was enough to kind of like, make my week, maybe even wait, make my month if I'd have nailed it. Um, so yeah, it's all about like resetting your brain because, uh, you know, and, the, and the, the beauty of kind of day trading is you get that reset every day. Like when the market reopens the next day, as long as you're not holding anything overnight, you get that reset. It's, it's, it's built in. Um, so that's why I, I wake up every morning, like feeling refreshed and reinvigorated. Like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I mean, Oh damn. Yeah. I get to start again. Um, oh yeah. I get to start again. But yeah, if, if it kind of happens in the middle of the day or, or in the morning where I feel like I need that reset, like, yeah, there are certain things that I do like taking my dog to the park. Um, I've got a boxing bag hung up in my garage. I go hit that for like 30 minutes, get some energy out, get some, um, get some sweat out. Um, basically anything you can do to, to put that circuit breaker in. And then, and then I, I find it really important at the end of the day, obviously write down where you could have done better. Um, obviously do some review. Um, but the last thing you want to do is lament and just like, you know, take that weight with you throughout the evening. Like the last thing you want to do is like, go hang out with like, say, say, go hang out with my girlfriend or go, go spend some time with my girlfriend and my dog. The last thing I want to do is take that energy with me to be with them. Like, cause you know, they don't, you know, they don't deserve that or they don't, they don't have any idea what's just going on. Like, I need to leave that behind, like, you know, do the review, learn where I could have done better, but then leave it in, leave it in front of the screen and then go live the rest of my life, come back to it tomorrow and, and, and have another crack because, you know, we're not, we're not going to win every trade, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to nail every trade, um, but we will get an opportunity to trade again if we can, you know, put the right things in place to make sure that when we have that next opportunity, we're ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really insightful, Sav. And it's hard for us because we're not day trading. So we have to come back and remind ourselves that these are high conviction speculative investments, which most of our listeners or people in the game will probably hold stuff overnight. So we don't have that. But I do remember starting out five years ago or six years ago when I changed careers and I would always write stuff down and I would always write down on my mistakes. And I found that quite therapeutic. But when you're then and there, 
you want to, like you just did evidence, you want to double down. You want to make that loss back. And yeah. I think that's the really, really hard thing uh, about sort of taking a step away. And, it, and it's, it's easy for us to say, but actually doing that is really, really hard. So have you got like a system in place? Like if I hit X on a loss of a percent of capital, that's it, I'm out. Like, because it's easier said than done. No, nah, not really. Not really. Like, um, no, like, uh, honestly, like, I, I feel like once it basically, actually, it's more like a time thing. For me, it's a time thing. So if I get to like 11 a.m. and I've just blown up my morning, I just need to get away from the screen. Like, because I'm not going to make it back during the middle of the day. If, if anything, I might, like, I might find something in the evening. Oh, sorry, the afternoon. Like, generally, like, something might either break down or break out in the afternoon, which I might be able to trade. Um, but the kind of grind that happens throughout like the middle of the day, generally like, you know, 11 to or 1130 to say like two 30, that just becomes chop that I know that if I'm sitting in front of the screen and I'm seething from the morning, I'm only going to find myself getting stuck in. So I'd rather just like, so it becomes a time thing. Just get away from the screen, come back at 1130, uh, sorry, two 30. If anything presents itself, now I'm kind of looking at it with new eyes and, and hopefully not taking into account the mistakes of the morning. Um, and then I can, you know, trade it. Yeah. Trade it with a, a fresh set of eyes. And um, yeah, but that, that's not going to happen in the middle of the day. So I guess to answer your question, it's more like a time thing. There's no like dollar amount. Like I can blow up the morning to any degree and, 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 um, and still kind of, uh, be okay with it as long as I can come back to the afternoon session with with fresh eyes. Okay, so that time thing, that's really good. If you've made money in that first hour, is it still the same process? Is it up off the screen? Don't yeah. get cocky, don't get greedy. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Because, you know, it works, works, the, um, yeah, works that way as well. Like if, I, if I've absolutely smashed the morning, then I might start to kind of like feel myself a little bit, like, you know, get a little bit too fancy throughout the middle of the day. Try, try some exotic trades that I don't generally try to trade. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to give back. So I will, like, leave for, like, an hour, an hour and a half, go exercise, go play with the dog, and then and then I'll come back, say, 2.30 again. And um, I can – I do have a bit of a tendency to give back sometimes, like, where I might try those trades. Um, um, yeah, but, but I know that at least there's a higher probability of them working in the, in the afternoon. Uh, during the middle of the day, they're just not—they're not, not going to work at all. So, right. yeah, brilliant. So, so just coming back for our, anyone listening or, or, or picking this up for the first time, it's about a process, right? You, yeah. you, you, and you write—you write every day, you diarize every day. At the end of the day, what worked, what didn't, things to improve on, things that yeah. you know. So, I what I do is um, I, I got a couple of different strategies when it comes to um, diarizing and, and keeping like mental track of where i'm at and what, what i'm doing in life like so i have my trading journal which i so i have samika which everyone has which is a trading journal um which kind of keeps your trading stats and you know you can keep track of your entry quality exit quality stuff like that um and your win rate and your p l and that you know that that's interesting but it's kind of i think for the most part unless there's something like real obvious for the most part, that's kind of, there's a lot of that. That's just vanity. Um, um, what's kind of probably more important is the, the, um, what do you call it? The, the note Evernote. Um, so I just keep like a, a, a report card every day on Evernote 
um, where I kind of go through and, you know, like I set myself a goal at the beginning of each day. Did I achieve that goal? Uh, what do I need to do better tomorrow? So I'll do that every day. But then every morning, um, once a new day starts, I'll review the previous day in another diary. Um, but this is uh, primarily from the point of view of like where my head's at, like, you know, and where was my head at? So I kind of, I, I try to write down every day um, what I felt and, and what I did the previous day. And just to kind of like, uh, yeah, just to kind of keep myself accountable um, because I feel, I feel like, um, you know, kind of throughout my, throughout my early twenties and mid twenties, when I was doing all the like craziness and gambling and losing money and just being silly, making a lot of silly decisions. One thing I did really well, probably more than lose money gambling was actually lie to myself. Um, I, I was really good at lying to myself. Like I would tell myself like, you know, it's all good. Like, I'm I'm making money, tra- I'm making money as a poker player. Um, you know, but in reality, like, I would make like maybe $500 playing poker, but I'd put a thousand dollars on the roulette table as I walked out kind of thing. And, you know, those little lies, you know, like I got really good at lying to myself. And I think as traders, we can kind of do that as well. Like, you know, uh, especially when it comes to like charts. And this is something I was like joking with a mate of mine about the other day. Like um, he's like really good at kind of like reading charts and, and knowing chart setups. And I got no idea about, charts really like i can i can read a one minute chart and i can i can scalp based on a one minute chart but daily charts and and you know understanding where you know what kind of setups are about to you know break out or break down or whatever i I don't really know enough about that but i was talking to my mate about this and 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 not to throw shade at anyone who's like a chartist or you know is really good at reading or you know setting up charts but we're talking about how um when you're putting together like trader ideas based off of charts, it can be really subjective. And I think that the idea that, that, that came to me was off of, off of the back of watching a lot of these crypto guys talking about charts. And I don't know if it's similar at all to how like, um, you know, equities guys talk about swing trading based off of charts. I don't know if there's any correlation there, but I was watching these like crypto traders and crypto um, enthusiasts talk about charts and the way they were talking about it was just like so head in the cloud stuff. It was like, oh, do you know what? We've got the 50-day EMA here. And it, oh, if that breaks down, then we've got this for, we've got the 200-day for support. And then, oh, there's, you know, and they just kind of kept on coming up with excuses for why the, the, it's still worth staying in this trade. And um, and I don't know, like it just sounded like you, you were just looking for an excuse to stay in a trade really. Uh, and you're just kind of lying to yourself. You know, I feel like, that's something that, I mean, that's something that we all can do as humans. Like we can lie to ourselves like, oh, you know what? Like it's not that bad of an idea because I kind of got some good out of it. But in reality, no, you know, it was a, you know, it was a bad idea. You just kind of got lucky. Um, so, so one thing I tried to start doing about a year and a half ago was writing down every day how I thought and felt because I knew that if I wrote it down, I couldn't lie to myself. Like if it, if it was just in my head, I could lie to myself as much as I wanted. Uh, I could make things up. I could I could make things seem smaller or bigger than I wanted them to be. But if I started writing it down and then I had to like read it, you know, like a month later, I would know exactly how I felt. And I, I would rather deal with that, you know, however harsh that truth is, than, than being, you know, led astray by my own kind of like um, inadequacies or flaws or whatever. So 
those that's a really big thing that I added about 18 months ago. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a, yeah, it's been pretty big for me. Yeah. That's fantastic, mate. I, I journal since lock, um, COVID, to be honest, and um, not just for trading purposes, but it's really about thoughts and feelings. And I find that really um, helpful to go back to because it can pinpoint a, a specific feeling. And just yeah. when you mentioned, you know, the, the, what you just mentioned before about the EMAs or whatever, we don't want to get too much in the nuts and bolts, but essentially. <laughs> I um, don't know. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's good. Um you know, people can make a lot of money early and, and sometimes lucky. And I think everyone we've spoken to throughout this this series is is saying the worst thing you can do is is make money early or make it I think you're really, really successful all the time. And it yeah. can be a recipe for disaster. So I liken it to the the idea that it's it's gotta be process driven. And it comes yeah. back to that point that you said about uh running before you can walk. Like you can't just come into this and make heaps of money, or you might have, you might have made money. But if you don't have the process in place, how is that going to serve you in, in, the, um, in the times that aren't so good or in different challenging times? Totally. I guess what I want to come back to as well, which is something that's been burning at me for a while, and I think we have to, to comment on it, is, is social media has become almost integral now to trading. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's lots of people out there that are great resources, but you mentioned FOMO earlier, and that's one of the hardest things I grapple with is when you're trying to find you know, information or, you know, you're looking for the ticket codes. There's a lot of people showing off and, and are doing well. Um, ha- have you got any tips? Have you, have you gone through that sort of evolution of how you deal with that or do you just block out noise? How- well, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with it right now. And, and like, I don't know, I don't know if there's necessarily a, a tip or anything, but I, I can just share my experience and, and, yeah, and, terrific. and that might, I don't know, someone might be able to glean something from that. Um, but yeah, so social media is something that, um, and my relationship with social media is something that I've always, uh, it, yeah, it's it's been a tricky one. It's been a tricky one because on the one hand, um, you know, being a so I'm a, I'm also a hip hop artist, and and being a hip hop artist, and you know, wanting wanting to be an independent artist and, and put out music, you know, you almost have to rely on these platforms a lot of the time, like to post your content and in. in um, you know, have a relationship with fans and share new music, share new video, all that stuff. But it can often get um, it, it can often get a little bit overwhelming. And I, 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 I don't know if this is a real term, but I call it red dot fever, where you like, you know, you like look at your screen and you've got all the um, notifications, and and you kind of like sometimes it's a good thing because it like it gives you that little release, you know, uh, not a good thing, but it can seem like a good thing because you see like you know, oh, who's, who, who, who wants to um, interact with me or who wants to send me a message? You know, you kind of get a little bit G'd up. You get that, you get that, is it dopamine? Dopamine hit. Um, And, you know, and conversely, when it's not there, you know, you get a little bit let down, like, oh, what? No one, no one liked that post or no one, you know, no one wanted to interact with me or, so it's it's a very dangerous place. And it's, I think it's, you know, we're not going to know for years, I think how um, detrimental this little little experiment has been, but I, I, I kind of got a feeling that the that the amount of anxiety that is being um, kind of dispersed throughout, like at least you know our generation and down, is I think it's going to be, I think it's hectic. I think it's really hectic. Like I got a twelve year old sister, 
And, um, you know, there's already, you know, some things popping up with her relationship with TikTok and, um, you know, stuff like that. Anyway, I, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but essentially, um, yeah, so Twitter was something that I turned to back in like uh, maybe like May last year. I started posting results daily um, and I did it initially because I wanted to, well, Nick's my mentor, Nick's one of my best friends, he does it. And I don't know, I kind of saw him doing it and I thought, well, there's, I don't know, maybe there's some value in this. Maybe if I can, um, and I wasn't like, I wasn't putting up huge numbers. So it wasn't like I was trying to swing my dick, but I just, I felt like, I felt like um, uh, it was something that could keep me kind of accountable. Like I had already had like a bit of a, uh, I had a, had a bit of a rapport with some of the people on Twitter and I thought, you know, maybe if I can post my results every day and I've got these people like that are watching for them, uh, maybe that'll kind of keep me in line and, you know, maybe letting them down might be enough motivation to kind of stay disciplined. And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not the best reason to do something, but I, I thought, what the hell? And being someone who kind of likes attention anyway, um, as a hip hop artist and as like a, you know, I've always enjoyed public speaking. I've always enjoyed the attention and the limelight. So I thought that it could be like an extra string to my bow, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I started posting every day. I'd post like reviews. I'd, I posted uh, monthly reviews I'd, uh, I, and I talked to lots of people on Twitter and I've met some really amazing people on Twitter. And um, honestly, like I, I've met, yeah, some really great people on Twitter, but yeah, there is, there is a dark element to it. And, and, and that FOMO and that, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the big noting and stuff like that, that is a real part to it. And, and, and it's okay when things are going well, as they did for like 12 to 18 months for a lot of traders, uh, a lot of swing traders, a lot of investors, whatever, day traders, everyone basically, like, I think most people had like a pretty solid 12, 18 months on, on, on the on the COVID uh, climb back. Um, but once that dried up um, and, and people are st- like, some people are still kind of posting good stuff. Now, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute, they're still making money. Why aren't I making money? And you can kind of, and that's kind of what happened to me. Like. Um, the, the pressure of uh, having to post to people day in, day out uh, and then deal with those responses and reactions, it kind of just caught me in this like this this cycle that um, ended up just getting a little bit toxic where I was like posting bad results, like trading bad, then posting bad results and having to explain to people why and how and stuff like that. And it ended up just becoming like a bit of a... Um, yeah, just a bit of a toxic place for me. Not because anyone else is doing anything necessarily, but because because you don't get the full picture, because you're not getting all the details all the time, because you're only just getting the, the highlights and the snapshots, you can easily start to paint your own picture. You can fill in the blanks yourself. And if you're having to do that more often than not, it can get a little bit dangerous. Yeah, I, look, I honestly like th- this is the only tip that I could have for for, for the social media uh, relationship. Do less of it, as as little as you can. Like go in there with a purpose. Like get on there with a purpose, and then get the fuck off. Because if you get stuck there for any amount of time, it can get real dangerous. It can get real messy. It can get real sticky. And I don't care how like disciplined or strong or you know strong willed or whatever you think you are. Like that place can create 
you know, it, it, it can, it's full of landmines and you don't know which one you're going to step on on any given day. Like you might, you might, you might be the, you know, most diligent, disciplined person in the world, but you might've had an off morning. You jump on Twitter on that day and, and, and everything could change. Um, so like going there with a purpose, know exactly what you're looking for and then get off because that, you know, you don't want to wander around there aimlessly. It gets real dangerous. Then. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's well said because I, I can, I can hear myself uh, in, in, in what you're saying, because I remember being, you know, 10 years ago when, when hot copper was, was all, it was all it was, there wasn't Twitter. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I used to spend hours posting and, you know, wanting that validation and, I don't know when, what when it happened. Maybe it was maturity. Maybe it was just getting getting old. I realized that that's not actually helping me. Uh, that's not actually going to make me any money. Um, you know, yeah. I might be right. I might be wrong. You know, you can be long and wrong for fucking ages. Whatever. Um, yeah. You've got to have rules in place, and, and and even similar. Like I, I find myself getting upset quite often, and um, I, you know, I made a rule to myself. You know, I just put my phone away at the end of the night. I don't even bother checking on Twitter. Like I go on there to check a code to see what something's talking about, and that's it. I'm out. I'm off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one there, there's probably two things that I have introduced more recently is is um I don't look at my phone before like 8:30. Um so once I get up like I go for a walk and I do like all my morning routine uh and then I don't actually actually probably not till nine o'clock. Like I'll sit at the computer, I'll sit at the desk, I'll start doing my morning prep, and then after I've got like an hour of prep in and and I've kind of like on top of the day and I'm into the day, then I'll open my uh, phone and, and kind of like look at some stuff and, and ch- check on stuff and then converse uh, like at the end of the day. Um, I'm still still working on the end of the day, like still needs some fine tuning, but yeah, I'm trying to just put it away earlier. Um, I, I think it's interesting because um, whether it's short-term day trading, short-term trading or investing, usually if you're spending your own money, you're doing it, you're working by yourself and with yourself. So I think yeah. that's one of the reasons, you know, we all seek out whether it's validation or just like someone to to do it with. And it's one of yeah. the unique aspects of anything on the markets is your decisions uh, are made by yourself, for yourself, and you're ultimately accountable. And it's not yeah. a team job like most other pursuits or many other pursuits are. Yeah. It makes it a really interesting, yeah. I think that's a part of the reason that people seek out and we're, you know, we oh, seek totally. out validation. Totally. And, and you know what? You can, you can have like, I, I, I formed some pretty good bonds with some people on Twitter and, and, you know, I've, I've met some really good people on Twitter and, you know, uh, one of the, one of the guys on Twitter that, you know, started interacting with me when I started posting results, we ended up becoming really good mates and he's, he's now one of my best mates. And, um, you know, it, it can have its place, but you, you just got to be ready to look for the, the, the right stuff, you know, cause it is a na- needle in a haystack a lot of the time. And, um, yeah, yeah if you if you're ready to if you're ready to find that needle, then then yeah, give it a crack. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, coming back to my original point, I, I certainly don't want to say that uh, people should be avoiding Twitter or a hot copper. There are plenty of you know intelligent posters and plenty of good people in all walks of life. Um, totally. you know, I met Joel. I met Joel through hot copper and a mutual friend. So yeah, you know, like there's a there's a good friendship, and and this podcast wouldn't have been. And yeah, um, just coming back to just talking talking the gristle. That's what Joel and I used to do for ages before deciding to to do this podcast. I guess, but yeah, awesome. Coming back coming back to that, I think you mentioned, and I think this is probably one of your strategies. But just to come back, just so everyone's got something documented, 
Are you saying that um, everybody needs to find like a mentor or someone to talk talk stocks or talk something about? Because you know you don't want to be going to your loved ones with these problems at the end of the day either. <laughs> no, you do not. <laughs> oh God, that. that- it, it sounds obvious, but maybe some people are getting started and, and you know. Yeah, no, there. no, I know, I know, but it's just funny because that's exactly what happened today. And after I after I blew up in Nevonics this morning, I came I've came upstairs and I'm like stomping around and my girlfriend's like, you know, how can I help? What's I'm like, you can't help. There's like you, no one can help me. <laughs> <laughs> just like so so dramatic, like the world's about to end. Um yeah. Okay. So yeah, sorry, but no, that, that is it. That it is a really good point. Like the last, like you want to, you want to let people in, um, in small amounts slowly. So they kind of, they pick it up. You also don't want to put it on them if they're not, if they don't care or if they don't want to know. Um, but yeah, finding like, I don't know about necessarily finding a, um, mentor, but definitely finding someone or a group of people that you can at least bounce ideas off of. The last thing you want to do and, and, and make sure, and like this comes down to the individual, you definitely don't want to get involved in a group with, with a group of people that are just kind of just become an, where, where it just becomes an echo chamber for, for your, for your bad ideas. Like you, you really want to get involved with people that will tell you you're an idiot. If you've been an idiot, like you really want people who are going to tell you black and white, like, what they think of you and like whether or not um, you've got good ideas or whatever. Like, you know, I, I, it's nice to kind of like be told we got good ideas and it's nice to kind of know that we're on the right track. But, you know, um, a punch in the face is, is just as um, relevant when it comes to learning sometimes. And, you know, you need to be around people that are willing to do that. Like, you know, because they're not doing it because they dislike you. They're doing it because they love you. They want you to, you know, sharpen up. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed with the fact that, like, the person who has the most influence on my trading is also someone who does love me. Like, like he's one of my best friends and he wants me to do well. So, if I do something dumb, he's going to tell me, hey, you got to stop being a dickhead. And, um, you know, I, I'm very lucky in that sense. And, and I, I just, I would encourage everyone to find, it might not, be someone that you know that well, but like you just got, kind of get an inkling you're on the same page. Be, yeah, I encourage everyone to find someone that's going to tell them, like obviously encourage you when you're doing well, but obviously but you, you want someone who's going to tell you no when you're wrong. Um, yeah. yeah. No, no, I think that's really good where you said that you need someone to challenge you. And I think I liken it to, and, and was this on your, your Twitter video where, someone asked you the question, how do I get a mentor? And I think you said you shouldn't be trying to find a mentor. Someone's going to come to you. Absolutely. Yeah. When, when the, um, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And, um, and, you know, I've, I've had experiences like this, like I'm in, I'm in no way, shape or form ready to mentor someone. Like I'm, I'm still a long way from figuring it out myself. But because of like the results I was posting and, and just kind of some of the some of the months I put together in the last 12 months, obviously I had a lot of people hitting me up on Twitter just saying, hey, can I buy you a beer? Hey, can I get you a coffee? You know, wanting to wanting me to mentor them. And I don't know, I just even even if I felt like I was ready to be a mentor, that's not the energy. Like, 
you know, you've got to provide value before you can ask for value. And, and in, in anything that you can do, in, in anything that you do. And, and the people that I actually ended up gravitating towards and the guys that I, that I started like this, this chat with are two guys that like came to me day in and day out for months and just talked to me like as a dude and, and, and just like kind of got on the same level as me. And um, to the point where I started like sharing some insights with them, helping them out a little bit, providing feedback for them, telling them honestly what I thought about their ideas you know, and that, that didn't happen just because they, they, you know, they walked up to me and said, Hey, can you show me? Or, Hey, can you be my mentor? Or, Hey, can you give me all the secrets? They, it was because like, you know, they, they showed to me like over a long period of time that they were serious about what they were doing. They cared about what they were doing and they wanted to be better at it. Um, you know, that's not saying I, I, I'm a mentor to these guys, but I've applied, I guess, some, you know, mentoring kind of like, you know, ideas with them and, you know, tried to help them a little bit. Um, yeah, that reminds me. And I think it's a matter of, like you said, providing value as well. I mean, I think we had Harley Grosser on and he said he was writing up articles and he sent them to Roger Montgomery, who was a big person at the time, like providing information and value to people that you're seeking assistance from, yeah. like not just seek, not just trying to extract something from somebody else. Yeah, it seems obvious, but it really, it seems obvious to me because I, I don't know. I guess my mom and dad raised me to like, you know, not to just straight out ask people for something before you've kind of like got to know them a little bit. Um, but like you see it so often on Twitter, like people will like not know you from a bar of soap, but just like feel confident and comfortable to just ask you for something. And I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I, I just, that, that, that ain't the right energy. And like, you know, um, I'm, I'm nervous as hell about asking people for anything until I have given something to them or until like, you know, we've, we've formed a bond. Like, yeah. You know, people kind of like thinking that because you're putting yourself out there and because you're like, you know, putting yourself kind of like, you know, it it looks like you're being a little bit vulnerable by posting on Twitter and, you know, sharing all this information, you know, they feel like there's an opening to, you know, then kind of like push the envelope even further Whereas like, you know, just that ain't, that ain't how real life works. Like imagine, imagine just meeting someone in the street and just asking straight up if they want to get married without even knowing their name. But Twitter, Twitter doesn't, or like social media in general kind of like, you know, removes like the, 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 the steps, the, the, the normal steps of like a, a conversation. They, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, certainly the case. Social media is very different to real life in all regards. I guess on the same sort of topic, is there anything else you do sort of proactively to make sure you're not finding yourself insulated from the outside world and things if this is effectively like a day job? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have the benefit of so, – so a couple of those guys that I did meet on Twitter, we ended up kind of uh, too specifically we, – we formed a really strong bond just over – over months of just kind of like getting to know each other and, and, um, you know, having just really similar interests and, and, um, we ended up becoming really good mates and, and yeah, so we kind of started, um, a little, a little kind of group, I guess you could say. Um, so we, we kind of like talk on a daily basis, just, just about trade ideas and, um, yeah, so, so there's one outlet there and then, then obviously having, uh, Nick, you know, you know, be obviously a, a trader, but also one of my best mates. 
Um, we talk almost, we, 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 we talk every day. We talk multiple times a day, every day. Um, and he's, he's like, you know, probably my biggest champion when it comes to trading and, and, and easily my biggest support when it comes to trading, like, um, just being able to like roll ideas off of and just talk shit. Like sometimes it's just about talking shit at the end of the day, not, not, not necessarily talking about trading, but decompressing. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're, they're probably the two main ones. That's really insightful, Sab. Do you have anything else um, with a view to time, obviously, and, and talking about what you're up to now? Uh, is there any other strategies you don't think we covered off that if, if I'm listening to this for the first time and I want to get into trading, but also speculating and, and, and you know, finding my feet, what, what you would give listeners? Oh, God. Um, um, balance. I would say balance and and um and so so probably three things balance uh, working your way in like starting small kind of like crawling first and then consistency so and and I don't think I don't think anyone gets anywhere in life without those three things like you know you don't you you kind of you want to get obsessed in the beginning because you're learning like a new thing but you don't want to let it like ruin your life or your relationships or anything else that you're doing. So you want to get balance right. You want to you want to put the right amount of hours in and um and make sure that everything else in your life is getting equal amount of attention. You don't want to like you don't want to go, you know, balls deep into like learning how to trade and then and then stop like jogging to like keep your fitness up or or stop talking to your wife or whatever. Um so that's probably one thing I would say balance and that's something that um you know I'm still I'm still working on like I get I get really interested and 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 really quickly sidetracked by all these things that I like learn about hobbies whether it's podcasting or the trading spaces thing or you know I'm kind of constantly you know shiny shiny object syndrome kind of thing so um yeah so but and then and then the next one is probably crawling before you walk in terms of like starting small testing stuff writing stuff down exactly how it happened and then building building slowly building over time like don't it's not going to happen in three months it's not going to happen in six months but it will happen so like be be okay with that be okay with the fact that it's going to take time and like um you know our life is is our life is like a like a stock chart you know it doesn't go like most of the time it doesn't go in a straight line you know there's there's pullbacks there's you know there's there's down there's down periods there's flat periods but essentially like like a well most good charts they go up over time and so like be okay with that be okay with the fact that it's it's going to take time to go back up again so yeah um giving it time and then and then what was the last thing consistency so like showing up every single day um and just doing a bit like you don't have to do a lot but do a bit do something every single day that is absolutely fantastic sav you mentioned something that really resonates uh, about being okay with with it, you know, and ha- saying, and, and I like to listen to other lots of podcasts, and I've said it before, you know, it's okay to be not okay. And just coincidentally, it is happens totally. to be are you okay day. So it is. We hope all those listeners out there who are who are listening at another stage in their lives are okay. Yeah. Um, but those those three bits there are beautiful bits of advice, and um, you talk about balance the things you're passionate about. Tell us what you're up to now, Sav. Um, tell us about trading spaces and, and some of your music. So before I go on to 
to talking about me, then just to the uh, are you okay um, reference, like um, I actually, so on Monday morning, I just sent out a bunch of, I was just like, do you know what? I'm just going to see, I'm just going to message a bunch of people that I love. Like I, I messaged like, you know, five of my friends and then, and then I, um, yeah, no, f- I, I just messaged five of my friends. I just said, Hey, I love you. Hope you're having a good day. Have a great week thinking about you. Something like that. Right. Just to, just to give them a little pep in their step. Right. And, um, and one of the guys who messaged me back is one of my best mates, uh, who, who I hadn't spoken to just for, for whatever reason. And he actually messaged me back on, Hey dude, really grateful that you sent this. Um, I've just been struggling the last couple of weeks and I needed, I needed that kind of thing. And, you know, even me, like I, I received a message today from a, a South African guy that I know that's been following my music for like a couple of years. Um, he just messaged me out of the blue going, Hey Sav, uh, you know, one of your lyrics in this particular song that I released years ago, uh, just gave me inspiration today. Like, and he just sent me that out of nowhere. And, and I had a shitty morning, obviously blowing up into Vonics and I got that message and it just like, you know, lit me up. It just made me feel so good. So yeah, just to that point, like, are you okay today? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great initiative and a great day, but you know, we're all struggling at certain points. And for the most part, we're not going to tell anyone. So just, just, you know, and I think the, the, the more you can kind of like get outside of yourself in your own head and, and, and and your own neg- negativity and energy. And the more you can like look at other people and go, Oh, do you know what? I wonder how they're going. One, it's going to take you out of your thing, out of your funk. And two, it's going to probably bring them up, which, you know, you get to share that energy. So yeah. Reach out to people, tell them you love them and uh, yeah. Check in on them. Yeah. Well said. But uh, yeah. So, and now I get to talk to talk about myself again. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah a bunch of things so um yeah trading spaces have been going well um that's a that's a live audio twitter thing that i'm doing um i have been doing it fairly frequently like um we've done six of them now then they've actually been going really well like I'm, i've been really pleasantly surprised with how they've been going um so i want to keep doing that probably not as frequently because i'm i'm struggling to to keep up with the workload at the moment, but um, I want to keep going with them. Um, tomorrow there isn't going to be one because it's my birthday tomorrow. So I'm going to take a day off. Um, I want to, I want to just get drunk basically. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to take tomorrow off. But um, apart from that, like um, music in, in terms of music, I, I, I have a new single coming out in two weeks with my brother. Um, so we make hip hop music together and, We've got a new EP coming out called Dutch Boys, um, which will be coming out in about a month. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's me. No, that's that's great. Um, and and trading spaces. Just so anyone's not aware, how do they how do they find you? How do they find trading spaces? And it's Friday afternoons generally, isn't it? After Gen- close. Yeah. So we um we be we were doing it at five pm on a Friday arvo. Um, the, the we did one last week. Uh, we're going to skip this week, probably come back again next week. So, yeah, you go on a Twitter um, and then you you can either go to my profile or, or look up. So they have like a spaces tab where you can find all the, all the running spaces. But if not, you can just go to my profile and it should show this like little purple thing that indicates that I'm running a spaces event. And um, 
yeah, basically you just click on click on there and, and listen into live audio of me talking to other traders about trading related stuff. Uh, you can ask questions and stuff like that. The audience has been pretty solid anywhere from like 160 to 250 guests live, um, which has been, yeah, pretty like really, really happy with that. Um, and yeah, my, my Twitter handle is civilian wraps. So you can, yeah, you can um, go have a look, have, have a look there. But, but also I record, I've been recording them and putting them up on my uh, podcast platform, which is called Slap Happy. Um, so I have a, I have a podcast, which you can find like any, any podcasting platforms or on YouTube. Um, so all the content basically you can find on, on my YouTube as well. Um, yeah. Cool. I'm all linked to all those in the, in the show notes obviously as well, but I think your Twitter bio has got a good like link to everything from what I, when I last Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it does that. Yeah. Well, so this is normally the bit at the end of the show where we ask you for your 10-bagger, but I know that that's not going to be something you hold. So you technically, uh, you get a pass from that. But just <laughs> remind the, the listeners what your three strategies were again for someone starting out. Oh, geez. I, <laughs> I, talk, I talk so much I can't remember. Um, balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, consistency. So guess, balance, and- consistency. And what was the third one? Sam, take it away. <laughs> I think it was uh, not crawling before you walk, but yeah. maybe that was no. That, that was that was pretty much it. It was just you know, there probably the three things is is getting getting the balance right, like not not over committing, uh, not under committing, like spending the hours, like screen time and market tuition are really really important, and and yeah, understanding that you know it's not going to happen overnight so um make sure you stay in the game actually no let's add four stay in the game because i i I feel like that's probably um yeah i feel like that's a really important one staying in the game for as long as you can because i feel like you know you're not gonna all the real like important lessons that 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 you need to kind of like be successful in anything don't happen instantly you need to see them unravel over time and if you're not in the game, if you've if you've like dipped out because you you know you got salty or whatever, um, then you're not going to allow those wins and those lessons and those moments to catch up to you. So, you know, if you really believe in something and you really love something, stay in the game long enough for those lessons to to catch up to you. That's brilliant. That last one because that really ties in with the whole premise of this this show, which is, yeah. um, you know, finding ten baggers and. You're not going to find them straight away. You're going to find them over over years and years of consistency and staying in the game. A lot of people have said that at the start that they've made money and they've blown themselves up, and then they've continued to craft and craft. Yeah, being consistent, and that's yeah. where you find the ten baggers. Just to wrap up, though, Sav, thank you so much for this content, and you've been so honest and sharing, and it fills my cup. And I know you've used that word in other episodes of yours. Uh, to have these sorts of conversations because I've been wanting to do this uh, for a while. That's essentially what speculating or investing is. is It's you're fighting your demons every day yeah. and your emotions to ultimately yeah. be successful. Yeah. So, can I, can I just say something? Before like, I sign off, if anyone has listened to this and, and thought, like, I kind of don't really know what he's saying and, and want to know more, just like feel free to hit me up because I'm, I'm, I'm not anyone special. I'm not anyone like, you know, I, I haven't come from a university and scalping or whatever. I've just like 
got given an opportunity and I'm still someone who struggles with bullshit like every single day, but I'm trying my absolute hardest to be better. And, um, and I think if you're just doing that, like you're on the right path. So if anyone listens to this and they're kind of battling, you know, um, with whatever, feel free to hit me up because I'm, I'm always happy to talk. That's a really generous offer, Sav. Thank you very much. I'm sure you made it here from the table. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us, Sav. It's been an absolute pleasure and I've enjoyed every minute of it, mate. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Joel. Music in this episode is called 10 Minutes by Green Monday and from twinmusicom.org. Remember, the contents of this show is not financial advice. If you have questions or need more information about your own circumstances, make sure to contact a professional financial advisor.